0: It's our tech feature. We do this every Tuesday just after 8:30. and today we are talking renewable energy sources. South Africa and most recently Zimbabwe have uh, had load shedding plans because of the country's inability to supply power, or blackouts as they really are. This crisis, which South Africans have been living under since 2008, can be averted by using alternative energy sources. In addition to decreasing the pressure on the grid, this will also call on innovators and creatives in the energy field to formulate a new power network. Please welcome Des Mala. Is it Mala or Mula? Da-
1: Des- it's uh, Mala, Mula, no problem.
0: Des Mala is an MD of energy advisory group uh New energy developments, new energy uh, developments.
2: So, Des, I mean, what are the different alternatives that are available to us? Because the, the the type of thing that we think about when there's any kind of load shedding or blackout is generator, and then there's diesel problems.
1: Yeah. Firstly, thanks very much for inviting me to your show. Um, Just looking at the various alternatives that people may be looking at um, going forward to provide energy security for their homes, their business, or the industries, um, there are various options. Um, As you said, the generator option is commonly out there. It's noisy. It provides pollution. Um, When one looks at Joburg during load shedding, you can definitely see the additional pollution that it's creating um, for our cities and the uh, degradation of the air quality. Um, You know, the next step is a simple inverter. (laughs) You know, you can basically plug a little inverter onto your car battery, and voila, you have uh, 220 volts power in your home. Um, That's a very primitive solution. Um, One could also upgrade that concept into a large UPS, Um, with a charger, battery, and an inverter, typically what one uses to look after your computer um, during load shedding if too much of that type of stuff happens on the grid because of the surge of power to charge those batteries um, later on from the grid.
2: Mm.
1: Um, Solar PV um, is also an option. Um, You could have it without storage and use the energy while the sun shines. Um, The problem with that is that most people are at work during the day. So from a commercial um, business aspect, it could work where people are working during the day. But at home, it really doesn't have much value to you or add much value to you because of the little power that you use during the day when you're not there. Um, Um, However, one puts in storage, it makes a big difference for you. you Um,
0: Des, let's break it down and simplify it. I've got 5,000 rand. What does that get me?
1: Mm. Um, That's going to get you a very small, simple UPS um, without any form of PV on it. Um, What's a
0: UPS? It's
1: it's an undisturbed uh, power supply, Ah, um, which means that if the power does go down, you have a battery that takes over automatically and provides you the 220-volt power that you need. And it's normally for a short duration, but then you can size up the battery yes. um, to provide you longer periods of power, you know?
2: So so that powers your basic things, like possibly a laptop, your phone, but it's not necessarily going to get the kettle boiling and your chest freezer, for example.
1: Exactly. You can run small power uh, on on a system like that.
0: I've got between ten and 20,000 Rand. What does that get me?
1: Um, that could get you a little bit more of a sophisticated system in, in, in that area, um, and but um, something that's more connected into your system, that it comes in automatically, you don't have to sit and walk around with the extension cords around the house and so forth. Oh. Um, kind of getting where you are looking at, um, fifty thousand rand would give you an entry level PV system um, where you are able to produce three kilowatts of power. But again, that's only while the sun is shining. You know? yes, if yes. you come home at night, you're not going to really have the availability of that power.
0: I've got 100 grand. What does that get me? Please tell me I can buy a part of ESCOM. <laughs>
1: 100, 100 grand will get you a little bit more of a sophisticated system using PV, batteries, inverters, and so forth, um, a more reliable system. Um, If you want to um, have uh, four hours of storage, say, for example, where you can use the energy in the morning or in the evening.
2: So what does one do if they want to be completely off the grid? And then maybe can we also touch on the fact that ESCOM seems to be our main option? Are there any other options beyond what you have spoken about?
1: Look, uh, going off the grid is um, possible uh, with the renewable energy technology we have today, and by that I include wind and solar. Um, The intermittency, unfortunately, of these technologies, um, solar, for example, produces electricity for 20% of the 24-hour cycle, Mm. which means that you have to use a tremendous amount of um, energy storage and a very big solar system to charge the batteries, Um, If you want something a little bit more reliable to um, be brave enough to go off-grid, the problem that you still sit with is that there are days where, um, like we've seen recently, uh, where you have a rainy week where Mm. you've got cloud cover for the entire week or cloud cover for three, four days. Um, after the first day you're going to be out of power and then you're going to have to go back to the grid. To mm. um, you, you, you have a, access to the grid, one needs to um, pay for that access. Whether mm. you use electricity or not, um, a big part of your electricity bill is the grid access that you have. Mm. Um, in areas like, for example, in Johannesburg, we've got a tremendous amount of trees um, over our houses. Um, one again reduces that 20 percent availability of uh, solar down to maybe ten or even five percent:
0: uh. we 're hanging out with Des Mueller, m d of Energy Advisory Group, New Energy Developments. We'll carry on our chat after this and find out what else can we use outside of EScom.
2: 8.53, fresh and app on the fresh breakfast show. And we're speaking to Des Miller, MD of Energy Advisory Group, New Energy Developments. Now, Des, uh, uh, I asked the question earlier on about ESCOM, that that is currently our main supplier. Are there any other options that we have in terms of suppliers? Um,
1: not really. You either got um, grid power, which could come through your municipality, but ultimately the municipalities are uh, supplied by ESCOM. Um, The other alternative you got is to look at um, your own supply, uh, your own power generation.
2: So in essence, you have to have quite a bit of bank to be able to sort yourself out.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, look, your return on investments um, for an investment like this are typically in the region of of five years. Mm. Um, One needs to obviously understand the economics of it and one also needs to understand the responsibility that uh, comes with owning a power station <laughs> effectively on your home or your business. Um, you also need to understand the insurance costs that come with it, the regulatory and maintenance costs that come with it, and that really goes into the um, full package of the total cost of ownership. Sure. Uh, quite often one looks at, oh, PV is very cheap. Mm. Uh, the problem with free energy is it's un- unaffordable, and that's an old adage out
0: there.
1: Mm. Um, Because of the very light, free, primary energy we get from the sun and the wind, we need a tremendous amount of infrastructure to convert that energy source into electricity. And that's where the costs are really coming in. But one's got to really understand the total cost of ownership of a project. Otherwise, one is going to start investing in something Mm. and find out later on that um, it's going to cost you a lot more Um, to power your home or your business um, than relying on grid power, even though it is a little bit intermittent sometimes. um, But um, these are things that people need to understand and get the proper advice on before they take the plunge.
0: In in some markets, you hear of two-way systems where I generate my own power, but what I don't use can reverse back into the grid, Mm. uh, you know, therefore allowing me to also be... You know, a power supplier, you know, albeit at a small scale. Why can't we and why don't we have uh, that option?
1: Mm. Um, That's a a very interesting option in Europe. Um, It's quite uh, popular there. Um, I believe Cape Town has been looking into it. Um, It's called the net metering, um, where you're able to provide power and also draw power at the same time. Um, It requires very, very specific uh, technology um, to make sure that. When the grid goes down, you have to jump off the grid um, Mm. and shut down your system as well to protect that you don't energize the grid with your power system um, when there's a failure, for example, on the um, the main infrastructure in your suburbs. So there's very, very specific grid codes and special requirements that are required there. And it really talks to the need to make sure that your PV or your systems installer is properly qualified and compliant to the regulations. Um, like we saw with the solar water industry, solar water heating industry uh, in the past, a lot of fly-by-nights came in, unqualified um, installers came in, and it created a tremendous amount of problems for the um, homeowners and so forth. So one's got to really make sure that you have a credible um, installer that comes and does the installation for you to meet these specific requirements.
2: Sure. So
1: um, South Africa is a little bit early days in uh, getting its head around it so the National Energy Regulator obviously needs to um, permit this and to make sure that that can work,
2: you know. So definitely doing your homework in terms of your usage and uh, the best options available to you within your price range. Uh, thank you so much, Des Miller, MD of Energy Advisory Group of New Energy Developments, chatting to us this morning, fresh app on the Fresh Breakfast Show. Those are your energy alternatives.